Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finnern, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Today is Friday, September the 9th, and we study and pray the inspired and true word of God and put on our Christ goggles with Psalm 10. This psalm is commonly known as an individual lament psalm. And I can't quite say that the lament psalms are my favorite psalms, but I do think that when God gives us the opportunity to lament, not to deny him, but to lament what is happening in our lives, we get to see the fullness of a loving and gracious God. And as we see Psalm 10, there's a lot of questions about this psalm. Is it part of Psalm 9? Who wrote Psalm 10? We're going to go through all of that, but the point of it is this that we get a chance to take a step back from our daily activities and pray, to use the words God gave to us. And one of the beauties of today's psalm is that it tells the truth about God, that he is the king forever and ever. What better person to talk to than that? So let's start praying, saints. The gifts are ready, ready for you. A special thanks to our friends from Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information lhfmissions.org. To help us be strengthened by God's word, we have back with us regular guest, Pastor David Boyce-Claire of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri. Pastor Boyce-Claire, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Oh, I'm happy to be here. So, Pastor, what's going on for you and the work of the saints at Faith and Bethesda? Well, uh, summer is winding down, and uh, we're anticipating uh, our fall schedule and, um, of course, continuing to uh, uh, worship the Lord with the divine service and receive the gifts and wonderful things that he has to give to us. And we're always ready to give a witness for the hope that we have within us. Now, Pastor, we spoke uh, for a short time before our program here today about your involvement as a circuit visitor. And and as our listeners, you, our listeners, know, Pastor Boyce Claire is very thorough, and he's a, he's a, we call it, say it, churchman, willing to serve wherever God would have him. Can you give us just a, a minute to, to talk about what is a circuit visitor um, as, when you serve in the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? A, a circuit visitor is kind of like... Um, He's an assistant of the district president. Um, it, it, the district president cannot visit or cannot uh, reach out to all the congregations in his uh, district. Uh, you know, that's it, it, it's it's a um, Herculean task, mm-hmm. and so they they divide the uh, congregations into what they call circuits, and then they then there is a uh, another pastor who is elected by the congregations. Uh, they, they, how it is is they nominate the, their uh, circuit visitor, and then uh, there's a slate of them that come up at the district convention, and then the district convention, uh, you know, accepts the slate. So in a sense, they're they're uh, elected by the district uh, of uh, the church, and then then the the circuit visitor is kind of there when when either pastors or congregations have issues. Uh, sort of, he's kind of like the first line of, mm-hmm. of defense or, or uh, the one to take care of problems. And, and, and basically, it's like the district president often says, uh, you know, my, my task is to try to make, put out the small fires before they get to be big fires. 
And so a circuit visitor is his eyes and ears and, and able to um, render more assistance. The circuit visitor is very much involved in whenever a congregation becomes vacant, uh, then uh, you know, he, he is called in to assist the congregation in calling another pastor. And that's basically what I'm doing in, in my circuit. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a big job. It is a big job, and that's why we thank God for for your service. Uh, my own circuit visitor here in Minnesota, and it's a it's not a glorious job, but it is a needed job for the sake of the uplifting and the proclamation of Christ. So, reminder to our listeners to pray for not only your own pastors but your circuit visitor. If you are in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, uh, ask your pastor, who is our circuit visitor, and then pray for him as he serves your church, especially in con- conflict or in a call process. And Pastor, that reminds me that uh, we are here to study God's Word, and today in the Psalms, to pray, but can you begin us in prayer and ask for our Lord's blessings on our time? Yes. Let us pray. Dear Lord, guide us as we consider the prayers and praises of your ancient people. May their prayers and praises be our prayers and praises, as your whole church says back to you what you have said to them in the way of a father to his children and children to their father. May we call upon you at all times as we pray continually and sing your praises and give thanks to you at all times and in all places. Do not hide from us, but always be there for us guiding and strengthening us through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Reminder to our listeners, if you have any questions about our psalm that we study today, or really any of the psalms, uh, Psalm 10 is what we'll be studying today, uh, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, kfuo at kfuo.org. Pastor, today one of the one of the ways that we have been studying the Psalms is to make sure that we keep it centered on the purpose for which they were written and sung and prayed, is to use the Psalm to begin our time in prayer. And it's my encouragement to our listeners is to take a step back. Often when we get into the Bible study, we want to get really deep into the weeds. We want to dig deep and like build a swimming pool or build a new foundation to see the, the riches and everything that is there. And we're still going to do that. But what we lose sight of often is prayer. We come to the Psalms. It's a time for us to relax, um, to let God speak to us. And that's why I'll begin by just praying the Psalm, um, which is 18 verses, and so I invite everybody to, to listen. You can close your eyes if you wish. And I will end with a Gloria Patri as we remember our triune God. So we will pray together. Pray. I will read it. Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord Yahweh. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. 
His mouth is full, filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord Yahweh, O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But do you see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord Yahweh, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their God, and you will incline your ear. To do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Now, Pastor, as we look at this psalm, uh, what are some of your introductions about the psalm, the placement of the psalm, and the main themes that we see? Um, it, it is um, after a psalm of David, which is Psalm 9, which uh, is a psalm of thanksgiving where uh, the psalmist uh, praises God for his deliverance. And, uh, it, and, and it's sort of like a, a different subject matter uh, where where it's it's kind of like um, uh, it's speaking about the situation, and uh, but it but it's it, it shows us how in every type of feeling that we have, you know, maybe there's times where we feel we feel abandoned at times, where we feel uh, that that maybe God isn't listening or He doesn't hear us, or uh, uh, or that we're we're struggling against powers that are even that are greater than than we can cope with, um, and um, it, it's um, it, it really shows us how to pray in, in any situation, and that's that's why it's a precious psalm for us. Although it, it's kind of like, um, in a way, it's a, a little bit pessimistic. Obviously, when it, it speaks about God hiding Himself. Now, Pastor, as we look at this psalm. Would you, in your study, what did you find about the connection of 9 and 10? Because it is a unique psalm in all the psalms and, and for, for the reason of, of uh, what it doesn't have. So what makes this psalm unique? Well, uh, I guess the, the, probably the major uh, thing that would uh, indicate that it is, it is maybe part of 9 is that there is no... Um, subscription at the beginning or superscription where it, it tells us who the author of the psalm is and and how it is to be uh, sung with the, with the instrumentation and everything so it, it and, and um, the uh, there's there's a lot of similarity that way but then again there's uh, there's other others on the other side that say the subject matter is different the tone is different 
Um, you know, and, and people might ask, well, why in a psalm would you start with singing praises for prayers that are answered? And now you're, and then at the second part of the psalm, you're sort of uh, saying that the prayers aren't answered or that, uh, although, you know, in this particular psalm, it does show that the psalmist has faith in his God, that even though things look very bad, uh, you know, that the Lord is there. Um, even though you can't see him or, or, or detect his presence. What I find interesting is I would love to do a study on the lament psalms and lament in the Bible because we do have a tendency in our culture to act as if we can't lament. Um, I Today we were just studying with my uh, Lutheran Women's Missionary League group, the book of Ruth. And in Ruth, you know the famous line where, where um, Ruth tells Naomi, you know, where you go, I will go. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people, da, da, da. And at the end of that, Naomi goes to home, you know, to Bethlehem. And the people see her and find out her life circumstance. And they say, all right, good to see you, Naomi. She's like, no, 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 my name is now Mara because I'm bitter towards God. <laughs> yeah. It's a great chapter one of Ruth. It's absolutely fascinating. And what I love about that is, she knows that she is loved. She trusts the Lord. I mean, that's throughout the book. But yet God allowed her still to lament and to realize that there is bitterness in this life. So, Pastor, I would love to hear your thoughts on why is it important and what does it tell us about God that he allows us to lament like a psalm like this or for Ruth in her life circumstance? I mean, I mean Naomi, excuse me. Why is that important for us as human beings? And what does it tell us about God? Well, it, you know, it, it oftentimes even as Scripture says, uh, like the, in, in Proverbs, uh, don't give me too much so that I say, who is the Lord? Or don't give me too little that I have to steal. Uh, we, are, we are sort of, uh, uh, God purifies and, and uh, strengthens us through the trials that we have. Uh, the the idea is well, and even as uh, the writer of the letter to the Hebrews in in the New Testament mm-hmm. says, you know, if you're not if you're not being disciplined, then you're not a son or a daughter of God, and and so uh, it, it's kind of an indication that it, it's not life isn't going to be all a bed of roses. It, that the prosperity gospel is not uh, the gospel of God. That uh, much of the time uh, the Christian has to go through. Uh, various types of trials. And, and that's why, you know, we're told in Scripture, count it all joy when we go through various types of trial. Uh, when when things, you know, I think uh, I can say this, um, uh, in you know, in the uh, current events that are going on, especially in Afghanistan, and we need to keep those people in our prayers, uh, that it's at times like that when people are left behind or, or are in danger uh, you know, where these murderous uh, people are killing uh, people wholesale over there, that they need to, that, that's, that, that's the type of time that says, what's going on, God? You know, so the lament psalm is kind of like a, 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 an opportunity for the Christian to say, you know, things are really bad over there. People are dying. Uh, there's tragedy. Uh, you know, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Uh, and, 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 and in a sense, we wrestle with God. Uh, prayer is like a wrestling with God. And, 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 and as Luther thought of that, he, he said he prayed twice or two hours before he started his work. But, you know, even when you study, you know, we, we are to pray continually. 
And sometimes it's like uh, Jacob wrestling with with uh, Christ as uh, the pre-incarnate Christ as the angel of the Lord. And, um, you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, he, he wants he wants to uh, wrestle with us. <laughs> that is a great way to describe prayer is, um, you know, we have prayers of, of joy, of thanksgiving. Um, we have joy. We have prayers of revealing who Christ is, the Psalms. But this one is a great one to describe, wrestling with the Lord. I love it when I talk to people and they speak that way because we make it sound like if you pray, everything's just going to work out. Like you said, prosperity. We, we, we view God as a, a kind of like a, a, a slot machine. You know, you just put the right coin in and all of a sudden you have loads of cash in your pockets. But really, it's a wrestling at times where you're wrestling with God, not knowing what is going on. And he allows it. He allows us to lament. He allows us to uh, wrestle with him. And like Jacob, at the end of it, we're able to know that we can see God face to face in Christ. Oh, That's yeah, a wonderful way to talk about it. Thank you for that insight. And Pastor, uh, do you have anything else before we start praying and studying the psalm? Yes, uh, as you said, you know, Jacob would not let go of his opponent, which, of course, was the angel of the Lord, Christ. It was actually Christ, you know, Mm -hmm. until he said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. You know, (laughs) I mean, in in other words, uh, with God, we don't let him go. We don't want to, you know, by the grace of God's Holy Spirit, we, we continue to strive and we continue to knock at his door. Uh, we continue to ask, as Christ says, um, you know, ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Uh, you know, and, and always remember that even though things look, you know, dismal in this life, we know that there is a life to come and that ultimately uh, God and his truth and goodness will prevail. So, Pastor, how about we start? Are you ready to go through the... Go through it a few verses at a time? Yes. Let's do it. Verse 1, reminder to our listeners, we are reading from the English Standard Version. And we'll just do verse 1 because there is high-powered lament right away. So verse 1, the psalmist writes, Why, O Lord Yahweh, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? So, Pastor, right there, what, what feel do you have from the author of this? What is he saying to us? And to the Lord, I mean. Well, you know, so he's he's witnessing something that is uh, just just horrendous. Uh, you know, uh, in other words, man's inhumanity to man, or people's inhumanity to other people, and and uh, you know, he, he's kind of seeing as a, that the, the the poor, the good, and the poor are being um, you know trampled on by by people with, uh, you know, great power by the pride, the proud or the wealthy. Um, and, um, uh, it, it, they don't, they don't seem to be, um, being ministered to in this way. And so it, it's kind of like a, a, it's like, where are you God? Kind of a, a prayer, you know, in other words, you know, all of this is going on and, and all of this has happened you know, where are, where do you fit in? I mean, and, and a lot of times, you know, I think God w- teaches us too, that sometimes uh, when he uh, does not uh, answer a prayer or, or, or help someone, that sometimes it might be as dis- either discipline for the Christian or for the uh, unbeliever, it may be his judgment. 
the worst uh, the worst judgment that anyone can receive in 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 this life is for God to let them go to allow uh, you know the forces of the devil and, and and all of the and the world and the flesh to, to, to have their own way that that is a frightening prospect mm-hmm. that 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 uh, we're uh, that God um, just simply uh, lets us go in, in, in judgment. And that's also powerful about, for example, when you think of a good friend that you could probably tell anything. Obviously, we don't tell anybody everything, not even the Lord at times, even though he knows it. But a friend you know right. you can go to that you can uh, lament or you can just air everything out or get something off your chest. You think about that person is not just anybody. It's not the person you meet off the street. It's not somebody you haven't seen for 20 years. It's somebody that you know personally. Could be a spouse, could be a good friend, could be something other than that. And you trust that person beyond belief. And so whoever wrote this psalm definitely trusted the Lord to listen to them. Because when, when you write this and you say, where are you? Why do you hide yourself? You're being very earthy and honest with the Lord. Well, at the same time, I think we all can hear this and go, yeah, there's times I felt like the Lord basically had forgotten us or he's gone from us or he is dead to me, as some people would say. So I just find this to be uh, not only kind of a shocking thing to, to hear at first, because we don't talk this way very often, but also a trust from the author that they trust the Lord would be with them. What are your thoughts? Yes, and and those types of friends are rare. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you only have one or two of people like that that you can really confide in. Um, you know, a confidant. Um, and and in this case, it's it's like uh, you know, by the grace of God, that we have Him as our confidant that we can that we can feel at peace with him. Uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, like people you meet in the world, there, there's somebody, people that just don't like you or are, are, you know, they're, they're uh, sticklers and they don't like the way you live or what you do. Uh, you always know that the Lord, of course, is, is uh, not pleased with sin, but uh, that the Lord is always somebody that can understand you, always somebody that that uh, loves you and and unconditionally accepts you, and and wants to hear what you have to say. You know, if you're hurting, tell him about it. If you're mad, tell him about it. You know, he is he is there. And and you know, you can't call the president of the United States probably on his on his hotline, but you can always call the Lord of the Universe when you speak. <laughs> Uh, in in prayer that is so beyond humbling when you say it that way um pastor because it is so true and i've said this before in the program but still it's my favorite explanation of prayer is one of my confirmands i just said so what's the joy of prayer and she said to me i can tell the lord anything and i know he won't tell anybody else (laughs) <laughs> that's a good that's a good point yes. isn't it though it's such a junior high answer because you don't know who to trust to tell stuff to. Maybe even your own parents. You don't know if you can actually trust them. But you can trust the right. Lord because he will listen and not tell a soul. Guaranteed. It's amazing. So um, so right there, verse 1 is strong lament. And then we kind of ask the question, 
was he lamenting? You know, what's going on in his life? And this is where I will go verses 2 through 11 because it gives us a feel for what he is surrounded by and why he's lamenting. So verses 2 through 11, and listen closely. Who is he lamenting at this time? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boast of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved. Throughout all generations, I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in his thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Now, Pastor, we have about a minute left. What are your first thoughts on these words, verses 2 through 11? The, the um, uh, author of the psalm is, is just horrified with uh, the way in which the wicked seem to be uh, winning or, or um, you know, at the expense of the poor or, or, the, or, or the innocent or other people. Uh, and, and then um, uh, so, so in a sense, he's, he's kind of telling God that this is, this is a big concern that he has. And, and um, you know, it, it, it's just it's really sad when, when it, if you ever see people that are mistreated, or, or harmed in any way. It, it just uh, breaks your heart. Uh, I remember when people mention about going to uh, India, they would go in places in India and they would see how poor the people are and it would just bring tears to their eyes. And so, you know, that's, God wants us to pray for others. And, and that's, that's kind of like the, the situation. And um, here, uh, you know, the, 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 he's, he's asking God for, to help these downtrodden ones. So I want to touch more on that on the other side. Basically the question, why is that such a big deal and where do we see that in our own lives today? Right now we need to take our break. We are studying and praying Psalm 10 with Pastor David Boisclair and we'll be right back. What's happening in Germany's Lutheran churches, where Iranian refugees are flooding through the doors? What new opportunities for sharing the Christian faith are arising in communist Vietnam, and how can my church play a part? Mission speakers, all LCMS pastors from the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, will come to your church free of charge to preach and lead Bible studies tying into this exciting work going on all around the world. To schedule your speaker, call LHF at 800-554-0723. And welcome back. We are studying and praying Psalm 10 with Pastor David Boisclair. And Pastor, you uh, you definitely touched it, and I think I want to uh, dig into it a little more. 
is that you said, it seems like the wicked are prospering and the faithful people are not. In what ways have we seen this in our world? Do you have any, um, because I feel like this is a prayer that I have quite often. Why does it seem like they go on sinning, but yet do okay? And here are the Christians being faithful, but yet not being able to, to get a break. So where do we see that in our world? Well, there's there's uh, reports from Portland, Oregon, where where there is um, uh, Christians that are trying to publicly pray and witness, and they're attacked by um, Antifa and other terrorist groups like that. Uh, in the case in over there, uh, they they were able, but because they continue to uh, to bless and not curse, you know, in other words, to answer you know, to turn the other cheek, to, to uh, meet uh, violence and hatred with love and compassion. Uh, they, they've even uh, caused some people that, that are, uh, you know, terrorists up there to turn, turn to the Lord. Uh, that, that's quite a strong witness when, when people are being abused and victimized that they, uh, they, they only give back kindness and love which is what the Lord calls us to do. And it's interesting here, he references a number of times of how the wicked will pursue the poor. And this is obviously a direct contradiction to what Jesus says continually, is to remember the poor. Um, you see this in the epistles. You see it as a very strong um, desire for the Lord, for his people to care for the poor. Why is it as Christians that we will want to serve even the poorest of poor? Uh, why, why is it important to us? It's kind of like our call, uh, you know, even to, to in, in following and imitating him. You know, his, uh, that's why, like, Jesus had a healing ministry. Well, that's the reason why the church of the 21st century establishes hospitals and, and uh, medical missions and so on. It, it's kind of like we continue uh, the, the mission that he um that he undertook when he was uh, in the days of his flesh, as the scripture says. Um, it, it, it's kind of like, um, uh, you know, be your brother's keeper. Um, you know, in, in other words, even the apostle Paul says, uh, you know, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Um, it, it, it's just a, a joy to, to, to be part of his, his work of grace and, and ministering to those who are in need. And it's something, I think I want to hear your insights on this as well, because at your congregation, for a number of years, you had a, uh, what do you call it, a resell shop, or uh, um, uh, what'd you call that? It, not a food pantry, but a... Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, we called it Helping Hands uh, Thrift Store. Thrift Store, yeah. And, and Everything's thr- a dollar. Everything was a dollar. No, Nothing was so, over a dollar. Uh, it was a dollar tree before the dollar tree came into town. Um but that's it, right. it, it, that's something where it reminds me of this, that people can look at Christians like yourself and your church doing something like that and saying, they're never going to make money off this. Why would you help those people? They always seem to kind of scrounge up something, you know, they keep them away from our houses, our churches, our businesses, because they're bad for business. But why is it important for us as Christians that what kind of witnesses I give? when we are serving the poor like that, what, what are your thoughts or what blessings did you well, see when you us, did it? Tells what? us about what the Lord does for us free. He said to his apostles, he said, freely you have received freely give, 
You know, it's always, it, it is, and the Lord himself was the one who said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so, and, 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 and you know, and, and we're blessed by that, uh, you know, like people, people are put in contact with, with God. I, I think I did a confirmation uh, of a person who, who was reached through the thrift store. Uh, you know, that it was a tremendous uh, ministry uh, of the congregation. It was, was weird was you didn't have to solicit donations. Donations were just put in front of the door waiting to be processed and, and, and uh, either sold or given to people in need. Um, it, 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 it's just amazing in doing, doing a work of charity. And, of course, the word charity is, is the word charis, which is grace. Uh, doing this work of grace, of love and and um, uh, generosity, that the Lord wants, and and the Lord will bless us when we do that. And, and and it's tremendous how you have opportunities to minister to people and to and to bring them to the Lord. In verse eleven, it continues with this lament, and this is my encouragement too: is to pray for congregations and for your own congregation. And how can we extend mercy and, like you said, grace, charity? to your community and to the least of these, not for the sake of getting more members, although, as Pastor Boyce Claire experienced, people are led by the Holy Spirit to come because of that grace that's given and then to learn more about the grace of our Lord Jesus. And in verse 11, I, I found this, and I believe in verse 4, there's, there's a lament here where he says, God has forgotten, that he, this, the, the, the wicked say in their heart, God has forgotten, he has hidden his face, he will never see it. And to me, when I read this and looking at a few commentaries, there's definitely a lament of, wow, there are people who do not believe and the consequences are dire. And I think this could be our prayer as well, that we know people who do not believe and say there is no God. And it's not some, there is a lament of, then why do they still prosper without the Lord? But also we realize how this is going to end and it won't be good. What, tell us about that lament, Pastor, when you read these verses. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, people a lot of times, you know how it is with even with children, uh, they want to find out what they can get away with. And, uh, you know, <laughs> people good. people are really surprised if they're allowed to, uh, you know, commit murder or, or steal or, um, you know, defraud or um, lie, you know, whatever it is. And, and they think, oh, I got away with that. Now that's surprising. <laughs> and so in other words, it's, it's like uh, the wicked, of course, are the kind it mentioned in Psalm one, if you ever want to know, you know, the, the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, of course, the righteous are those who have faith in, in, uh, in God and trust in him for mercy and, and salvation alone. And uh, the wicked, of course, are those who uh, obviously uh, do not believe. And, um, you know, and, and I think it's interesting where we, we get in the, in, in, in the New Testament, not everyone has faith, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which is don't be surprised if you meet a liar or, or somebody who's, who's uh, evil, uh, because not everybody has faith. And, and in this case, it's, it's like they, they get hardened in this and they think, well, I got away with that. Let's see what else I could get away with. Mm-hmm. They probe uh, and they want to see what they can uh, get away with. Well, let's continue to move forward, verses 12 through 15, and it goes from lament to a request, 12 through 15. 
Why, excuse me, arise, O Lord Yahweh, O God, lift up your hand, forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, you will not call to account? But you do see, for you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account until you find none. So, Pastor, it goes from uh, lament to kind of a, a call, a call to the Lord to do something. What does he tell us in these verses? Well, um, and, and the thing is, is um, that God always challenges his, his people, call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. And so this is a situation where, um, you know, such events, evil events that we see in the world are a call to prayer. And and uh, they 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 um and God will hear the prayer. Now maybe the answer will be uh, not right now, or maybe no, uh, or you know. But uh, nonetheless, if if it's something that is that is laid on your heart, uh, you, you know, and especially if it's something that's that's just uh, so horrible and so uh, violent and so drastic, you say you know, wait, arise, O Lord, you know, that, that's a, a refrain that's, that's uh, re, uh, mentioned a number of times in the Psalms. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you can see what's going on. You know, you tell God, you can see what's going on. You can, you can change it, you know, uh, but, but again, it's always, if it's, if it's something spiritual, you can say it unconditionally, you know, strengthen my faith, help me cope with this. You don't have to say if, if it's thy will, but it, but for anything that is, is of a, a material or a temporal nature, you always say, in accordance with your gracious will. And this is where the promise is that one day the wicked will be destroyed. Evil will be gone. Um, death will no longer have a handle on us. And, and that goes with the wicked, the unbelievers. And this is something I found myself a number of weeks ago, because we've been studying the Psalms on Sunday morning as well. That can kind of be hard for us to swallow, because, you know, Jesus talks about loving your enemies, praying for those who persecute you. And here it's very clear that he's basically saying, those who are wicked, Lord, break them. Um, break them down, destroy them almost. And that can kind of be hard for us to, to swallow. Any, any thoughts on how a faithful Christian can say these words and still, well, be a faithful Christian? Yes. It is always to recognize, of course, as the Apostle says in, the, in Ephesians 6, uh, where he says uh, that we do not strive against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers. So, you know, always, whenever you meet somebody that's evil, you always must know that there is a spiritual evil behind that person, a spiritual entity, uh, the devil, or his his uh, you know uh, cohorts, and and um, you know a lot of times is 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 you you pray for these people, you know, convert them, uh, save them. They're 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 the they're actually the pawns. They're the the instruments of of the devil. And, um, but ultimately is uh, protect the poor, you know, like for instance, uh, like with, uh, the government too, that's interested in, in stopping child abuse. Uh, the government says our first, our first priority is to protect the children. 
So, you know, in, in other words, God's first priority is to protect his people, those, his, his Christians, his believers. Uh, you know, like if, if, if uh, somebody is engaging in uh, harming a, a faithful child of God, then the, then the first priority is to protect uh, the child of God. But then, uh, you know, with, with the, their prayer is also, you know, may you convert the evildoer. Uh, because because ultimately it isn't it isn't that evildoer that's your enemy it's it's satan that's your enemy one of the aspects of this too is this wonderful like you mentioned before the the charity piece is that it extends this um reality of god in verse 14 but you do see okay so he sees everything this is a an a proclamation of who god is for you know mischief and vexation. So basically, it's kind of like in confirmation class where a pastor tells them, you might be able to hide your sins from me. You might be able to hide your sins from your parents. And maybe even can hide your sins from yourself, which maybe is true, maybe it isn't. But ultimately, you cannot hide it from God. Now, that can be terrifying, but it also can be comforting. Any thoughts on that? I love the proclamations that are done here, um, talking about God himself. Well, uh, when we look at the attributes of God, he's all-seeing, he's present everywhere, he is all-powerful. Uh, there, there, there are connotations of that which, which are frightening for uh, the sinner, and, and there's uh, connotations of that that are comforting to the saint. And, and each of us is both saint and sinner at the same time. And so uh, when, you know, in other words, when you, the wonder of it is, is that God is on your side, that God wants to rescue you, that God wants you to be with him for eternity. That's why our Lord Jesus suffered and died on the cross to take away sin and, and the guilt of sin and the punishment of sin and and that uh, God is always ready to help but it, it's kind of like uh, you know just a reminder to to any human being that uh, God uh, knows knows our thoughts he sees us whatever we do um, and he is able to um, call people make hold people uh, responsible or accountable for their actions and then he says, uh, to you the helpless commits himself, for you have been the helper of the fatherless. What does this tell us about the attributes of God? Well, it, it's like uh, a lot of times uh, the fatherless or the poor are victims because of the fact that they're not, they don't have any power or wealth or resources in order to protect themselves against uh, predators, uh, people that are, uh, you know, intent on on. Uh, harming them or uh, taking advantage of them, and and so um, you know the 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 orphan or the fatherless is is kind of like a uh, maybe sort of representative of people who are not able to um, you know defend themselves or help themselves against uh, those who are wicked and powerful in the world. And that's helpful for our day and age. Is is for us to think about how do we as Christians bring justice to the world? It can be a very highly hyped up political term. 
you know, you can go into a whole bunch of ideologies. But I heard someone say this once, that justice is helping those who can't help themselves, standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves. And I think there's, there's, a good, there's a good biblical mandate for this, and it really is related here. In your, in your um, ministry, what have you observed to be those who uh, are the fatherless in today's world, the world that we as Christians should be making sure that we're trying to help? What would you say? Well, it's, it's like children who do not have responsible parents. Um, I, you know, just as an example, there, there is a, a grandchild of a member of the one congregation, not my congregation, but a different one, who uh, has a um, mother and father who are drug users. And, and, and when they're sort of, they have custody of her, uh, she noticed, you know, like she was on her own to get, make sure she got something to eat or, or uh, you know, and so she, what she did was she took up and left. She ran away. And, and uh, fortunately, by the grace of God, uh, you know, the uh, police found her and, and uh, you know, had, was able to take her to her grandparents so that they, she could be uh, cared for. Uh, it, it's sort of like when, when, you, when you, you, want to, you see people in, in their trouble and, 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 and being oppressed or, or uh, being harmed in some way or in need of, of any kind of help, it's, it's just kind of like a call uh, to to minister to them, and I, I love how you said that because it is something that the grace of God extends into our lives to be gracious to others, and and so the proclamation here. This is why I love going back to the Psalms, is because often I will pray a Psalm or we'll sing an intro it or do a gradual or whatever it might be on Sunday morning. And we just plow through it, and we go through it. And it's not wrong. It's not that the Holy Spirit's not working in that. But we don't stop and think about this, because in verses 12 through 15, we learn so much about God. And at the same time, as we, and this is my plug for Monday, is Monday we start studying Leviticus. And Leviticus, um, which Dr. Kleinig speaks about a ton in his commentary, Leviticus is showing us the holiness of God and how we as sinful people can stand before a holy God, meaning the only chance we have is that a holy God gives us his holiness. And that's what I'm finding in these verses, is it's showing us our need for God, the holiness of God, and reminding us that we, uh, that we shall be holy as he is holy. And, and it's, it's just really has struck me in these verses. So, Pastor, Speaking about those connections, before we move on, any last thoughts um, about what this tells us of God and how we are to live as holy people? We, you know, we're, we're so amazed by, uh, as in Psalm 100, where it says, For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. You know, I remember uh, a brother in the ministry who said, Well, God is good and we are not. So, you know, the, I guess you could put it that way in a, a, a you know, in a law respect, uh, you know, that God is holy and we are, we are unholy. We are, we are defiled, uh, you know, but, but when, when uh, the psalmist says for the Lord is good in that particular psalm, it's to emphasize the fact that he loves people. God is the greatest philanthropist. He, he loves, uh, he loves people the greatest? And, and it's so powerful. 
that you know, and it, Pastor, how you said that was so beautiful and so simple that God loves people. <laughs> it's just, it's yep. so simple, but it's so profound. God is the greatest philanthropist. Say it, say that word. I can never say it that well. Philanthropist. Uh, anthropos is, of course, the Greek word for for a person or yep. a man, you know, a human being. Yep. And so God loves people, you know, oh. and, and uh, he, he loves sinners. Jesus is the friend of sinners. You know, people say, well, why are you associating with those people? You know, says, well, Jesus says, uh, they're my friends. I love them. And this is, it's, it's, it's so simple that Jesus loves people. And guess what? For you, our listeners, he loves you. On account of Christ and what he has done, he loves you. And that's why the next three verses, I think, are even more profound as we hear this simple reality of the gospel. For it tells us about God, 16 through 18, at the end of Psalm 10. The Lord Yahweh is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline their ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. So, Pastor, it says here that the Lord God is king forever and ever. And as you just said, the Lord loves people, and therefore he loves you. And who is the Lord? The king forever and ever. Not in a term limit. You know, he doesn't have to worry about re-elections. He is the king forever and ever. What does that mean for us? That the king... The Lord loves people, loves us, and he goes on forever and ever. What does this mean for us? Uh, it's it, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I uh, really am a fan of uh, John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress, and sort of the main event of that book is the confrontation between the Christian and the devil. And the devil says, well, I'm your prince. I'm, you know, you were born, you know, I'm the Lord of this world, and uh and 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 then um, the Christian responds, "Well, I am, am enlisted under the King of Princes. Uh, you know, the one who created the universe uh, is is my Lord, and and he he has all power. You know, that's why he, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That's why he's able to to do and to save. And uh, you know, the neat thing is that." The, the one who is placed over the universe is of the same flesh and blood as we are, our Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and he, is, he is in charge of the whole universe for the sake of the church. The only reason why the universe continues to go, uh, why, why, why there is still a universe that's, that's continuing to tick along is because, uh, because of the church, because of God's people. You know, it, it's kind of weird because I had a dream when I was a boy where uh, where I told the people in my dream, I said, you know, if it weren't for me, you wouldn't be existing here. I remember they, they were real respectful toward me. Oh, OK, we won't hurt you or something. And <laughs> and, and the thing is, 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 is the Lord we are we are God's uh, the apple of his eye. We are we are the ones whom he loves and cherishes. And and it, it's it be for our sake that the whole universe continues to serve him and his people. And it continues to speak about the Lord, is that, okay, he's forever and ever, that wickedness will never overcome. This goes to the gates of Hades will never overcome the church, 
And, and in verse 17, once again, it affirms that he hears the desires of the afflicted. And we can go back biblically in this, where, you know, you have the, uh, the slavery of the Israelites, you have the wandering of the Israelites in the desert, you have the, uh, the kingdom of Judah being taken into captivity in Babylonia, and you have all of these moments of great affliction upon God's people, but yet he promises he'll still hear. And that happens for us today. And I'm going to ask this again because I think it is important. Why is it important for us that when we are afflicted, that we are still able to speak to the Lord? Uh, much of the time, it's just so that we have a listening ear. Uh, and and, and we, we put it into the hands of one who's able to take care of the problem. Um, you know, um, my uh, music director, uh, uh, somewhat sadly got a, 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 a staple in his finger and it was like a fish hook. It was, uh, I couldn't get it out and he couldn't get it out. So I said, we have to go to the, the emergency room and have somebody take care of that. You know, when we're in, when we're in trouble, when we're in, in you know, ghastly trouble, maybe even, you know, uh, the fear of our lives, uh, we, we, we turn to the one who is able to, um, to help us. And, and that's and that's what the Lord wants us to do. Um, and a lot of times it is is to 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 basically tell him things. I, I remember there there's one this one film uh, is called Shenandoah, which where the there's an old older man whose wife died, and he always goes out to the graveyard and talks to her. In you know, which is kind of uh, you know not a, not a healthy thing spiritually, but you know he. He, he says, well, I, I tell you about all of this, but I just want to know what you think about it. It, it, it. That's the only reason why I do this. I wish I could know what you thought about it. And with God, you know, he is alive and he is, he is ever there and he hears us when we pray to him. And so we, we can tell what he, if we read his word, we know what he thinks about it. Now, Pastor, one final question as we get close to our, our uh, time together is Psalm 10, we've talked about it, is a lament psalm. In your pastoral practice and, and, and wisdom, I'll say that, is when would be a good time for somebody to pray this psalm? In your, if someone came to you and, and was in a certain situation, what would be the situation where you would point them to Psalm 10 to pray? Well, probably um, maybe it, during, during a uh, disaster like Hurricane Ida, or if we hear about... Um, uh, you know, people who are victimizing others. Um, when when we know people that are being harmed in in some way, and and there there's really, or, or especially when we feel that that things are unmanageable, where we we don't know where to turn. We we don't, you know, something something is threatening our lives, or something is threatening our souls, or the soul or the life of of someone we love, or you know that that's especially a time when when we want to do that. You know, God, uh, how come how come uh, this is happening to somebody I love? Uh, you know, or happening, you know, you know, maybe even to me. You love me, Lord. You know, that's why that's a Luther. A lot of times, uh, will, will always tell God about His promises. You know, if you read in the Scriptures, you know, God promises uh, His blessing and and help. You know, well, you know, God, you promised. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's sort of an urging. That's part, part of a, a type of the thing that the psalmist does. He urges upon God his promises, uh, to keep his promises to his people. 
Pastor David Boisclair of Faith and Bethesda Lutheran Church in Pine Lawn, Missouri, giving us God's strong word for prayer from Psalm 10. Pastor Boisclair, thank you again for the gifts. It is my it is my pleasure for uh, all the listeners and for all the people of God. Saints of our Lord, keep praying. The psalmist says, Arise, O Lord, and do not forget us. And Pastor Boyce Claire said it so well today that although evil may surround us, the Lord loves people. He is the greatest of that word that he told me that I could not pronounce. He is the greatest one who loves people. And guess what that means? On account of Christ, he loves you. And he is the king forever and ever. What a joy it is and what a joy it is to pray today. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.